Want to go ahead and read the thing? All right. Amusement parks are a part of childhood, whether it's the glitz and glamour of Disney World or the shoddy, run-down, rickety country fair. Summertime as a child is full of exploration, fun, and a little bit of danger to keep you on your toes. A good amusement park will thrill you, give you experiences you'll treasure and could have nowhere else, and give you stories to tell your friends. The rides are supposed to give you the illusion of danger. Someone riding a roller coaster should feel the thrill and terror of being placed in a dangerous situation, but in reality they are nearly completely safe with restraints, guidelines, and ride designers that adhere to strict safety protocols to make sure that the danger is just an illusion. Action Park was not that kind of place. The rides and experiences were not designed with safety in mind. Getting injured was a rite of passage to the kids growing up in the area, battle scars to show off to your friends back in school. It was considered all fun and games, with the nickname Traction Park being commonly applied. But in a place where safety wasn't prioritized on an operational level, tragedy was inevitable. All told, the park's operation would claim the lives of six people and seriously injure hundreds more. On this episode of Relative Disasters, we're going to look at a tragedy that is unique to its time and place. This is a story that could really only happen in America during the 80s through mid-90s. We're going to look at the underbelly of marketing safe fun to people while the reality was anything but. The story of Action Park. Welcome to Relative Disasters, the show where usually my sister and I manage our existential dread by talking about terrible and interesting historical events, their context, implications, and any related sidebars we feel like discussing. But since Ella has gone ahead and gotten COVID, we're going to uh, have some special guest hosts today. Uh, my family. So I'm Greg, Chief Safety Officer for Relative Disasters Parks. Hello, I am lovely wife, ukulele consultant for Relative Disasters Media. I am child unit A, kiddie pool safety advisor. <laughs> I'm child unit B, ride enthusiast of Relative Disasters Park. <laughs> okay. Uh, our main sources for today's episode come from Joanne Austin's 2019 article in Weird New Jersey titled Revisiting Traction or Action Park. Jack McCallum's 2020 article for Sports Illustrated titled Remembering Action Park, America's Most Dangerous Daring Water Park, and the fantastic documentary Class Action Park by Seth Porges and Chris Charles Scott III, released in 2020, as well as a number of contemporary newspaper and magazine articles. It's important to start off by stating that though Action Park falls under the umbrella of an amusement park, it is categorized as primarily a water park. The park began operation in 1978. It was made up of three separate areas. You had the water park area, the Alpine Center, and what they called Motor World. Basically, these were rides that, to be charitable, were designed with fun in mind, not so much safety. And in order to understand how this could happen, we have to go back to the 1980s deregulation era of Ronald Reagan. One of Reagan's big economic principles was that deregulating marketplaces uh, will lead to better economic growth uh, and that any safety problems would be sorted out by the free market. So, for example, if you were to open up a, oh, I don't know, water park 
that was incredibly dangerous and injured a whole bunch of people, uh, the free market would correct for this because nobody would insure you, right? Well, like that one of the sense? first things I think of when I hear free market is safety. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that uh, you could get around a lot of these sort of restrictions uh, by doing the sort of things that that uh, that they did here at Action Park. So, for example, nobody would insure them. Uh, what the owner did was make up his own insurance company because doesn't that make sense? Like, you oh, just, perfect sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it, that always works out. Because nobody would insure them, he made up his own insurance company, claiming that they were all insured by that, and nobody really looked too hard into it because. They were one of the major employers of the area, and nobody, especially in the 1980s, wanted to be seen as anti-business. State regulators were basically, one source has categorized them as helpless, the other sources have categorized them as blatantly looking the other way, uh, but for whatever reason, the park was allowed to operate basically unsupervised. And we have to get into the philosophy of this park. So this park was made with fun in mind. And fun can mean many different things to many different people. For any amusement park, you'd have a number of engineers or uh, park ride specialists take a look at what you were designing and say, okay, yeah, here's how we make this work, right? Like if you have a roller coaster, you can't just put a cart on a track and put some loop-de-loops in and say, go nuts, right? Like, that would be dangerous. Super dangerous. So, uh, Action Park didn't do any of that. <clears throat> Action Oy. Park, Yeah, so Action Park basically looked at something and was like, this is a really cool idea, let's try it. And I, I gotta say, there's something to be said for that sort of attitude. Like, that's a great starting point. Like, hey, wouldn't it be neat if, for example we built a really long water slide with a loop-de-loop -loop at the end. Wouldn't that be cool? Womp womp. So we're going to start in the water park because the water park is the, the primary portion of the, uh, the amusement park area, and it also uh, was the place where most of the injuries occurred. So How? How does a water park injure most people? Well, we're going to get into it. Great. So let's start with probably the most famous attraction. Uh, even though this was not in operation as long as it could have been, this is probably, when people think of Action Park, they think of this attraction. We're going to talk about the Cannonball Loop. So Cannonball <laughs> Loop was a steep water slide that was completely enclosed. Now, this is not abnormal at all if you think about like modern playgrounds there are a lot of modern slides that are enclosed it's like a tube that a kid just slides down right yeah yeah so this one however uh had the aforementioned giant loop-de-loop -loop at the end of it oh so the problem is is that a loop-de-loop -loop works really well on a roller coaster when you've got carts that are attached to a track yeah when you put somebody down a long tube and then whip them around a loop at the end of it, uh, it, it does not work very well. Why is that, Greg? <laughs> well, yeah, well my dear, that? it has to do with physics. Um, 
The human body is not meant to go downward very sharply and then upward very sharply and then around very sharply. So after they finished building this, they did test it first. They tested it by tossing some disused crash test dummies down it. Oh, the dummies all came out pretty smashed up, like arms missing, a leg falling off, (laughs) the hips turned around backwards. So the the head of the park decided that, you know, maybe the problem is with the crash test dummies, not the ride. Yeah, obviously. It's the crash test dummies. So he offered $100 to any employee who was willing to put themselves down the slide to test it out. Now, $100 in like the late 70s, early 80s? Uh, In 1983. Yeah, that's when they did this. So so that's about $250 modern dollars. That's good money. Yeah. (laughs) And especially because all of these employees are teenagers. We're going to get into the safety aspect of using a park that hires nobody but from the ages of 14 through 18 or 19. But So so let me get this straight. The, the, the business model is we're going to throw children with not fully developed brains and kind of a sense of impulse. Yeah, but they're going to get 100 bucks for it. <laughs> Yeah, and we're going to pay them yeah. to potentially go through what those crash test dummies went yeah. through. Yeah, yeah. That sounds because, so fun. Totally fine. There's something, <laughs> there's something wrong with the dummies, obviously. Oh, obviously. yeah, definitely. So anyway, so uh, one, of the, one of the teenage employees takes him up on it, comes out the other end of it. He did make it through the whole loop, comes out badly concussed. Oh, dear. Um, and, uh, and he's got, I, I think it was like a dislocated shoulder or something else. Uh, so they lower the angle of the ride and they send another kid down through. Well, anyway, <laughs> the ride was only open to the public for about a month. And for the first time, the actual uh, New Jersey State Advisory Board on Amusement Ride Safety shut it down. This is the only time that they ever really stepped in and shut something down. Now, the reason that they shut this down was because when you go down this this long tube and then up very quickly. Whether you're going feet first or head first, please go feet oh God, first. Head first? Head yeah. first? As soon as you hit the top of that loop, you're going to injure your back. As soon as you hit the side of that loop, you're going to smash your head on something. Your feet are going to get twisted up. You're going to get hurt. So a lot of uh, back injuries, a lot of bloody noses, and then people started coming out with deep cuts on them. Oh, what? And this Wait. is my favorite part of the story. Oh, so, I don't think it's going to be mine. <laughs> so the loop had a hatch at the top of it that you could open up in case somebody got stuck. Because obviously, if you didn't weigh enough or if you were too tall, you couldn't make the the jump, essentially, up the loop. And if you weighed too much or you were too small, you could get you could get stuck somewhere in there. It was, it was a bad situation. Right. So they had this escape hatch, right? Yeah. So they sent a couple workers up there. And the workers found what had been causing these deep cuts on people, and it was teeth embedded in the side of the ride from people whose teeth had been knocked out going through it. What? Also, uh, because of the rate of acceleration of that loop, it was theorized that people may have been pulling as many as nine Gs coming around it. I'm sorry, what now? Yeah. Like 0.9 or nine? Nine. 
like nine G's. The quote about it that I really liked was there are two places in the United States where you can pull nine G's, the back of a fighter jet and the cannonball loop at Action Park. Oh, I feel God. Like a fighter jet personally. I mean, yeah, yeah same. <laughs> so that's the cannonball loop. But again, it was only in operation for about a month. It would be reopened periodically every now and again, but then injuries would shut it down again. Um, it was there for the entirety of the park's existence, even if it wasn't open. It was it was like the symbol of the park. I swear, if that was their safest ride. No, 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 no. Um, Probably their most um, sought after ride, I would say. <laughs> I have to ask, did anyone die on that ride? Nobody died on that ride. It was only in operation for, you know, a month and a couple days, so nobody right. really had the opportunity, I'd say. All right. Now, uh, we're going to talk about a couple other attractions here in the water park, uh, one of which was called the Aqua Scoot. Now, on the Aqua Scoot, basically what you do is you get to the top of a slide mm -hmm. uh, that was made up of rollers, like uh, the rollers that you'd see on assembly lines or loading factories. Oh, or those really terrible, like, playgrounds that we used to have in the, like, yep. 80s and 90s. Yep. exactly. Oh, exactly. dear. So, but oh, you'd have, so many pinches. <laughs> you wouldn't get pinched by this because you'd have a, basically a sled, Okay. So what the, the point of the ride was you would sit on this sled and you would go down this slide made of rollers and it would end up in a pool at the bottom that was maybe a foot deep. Because uh -huh. the point of it was not to end up in the water. The point was once you get enough momentum, you go down this slide and you'll skip across the water, right? Like a skipping stone. Okay. Now that, um, to me, that sounds interesting. That sounds like a, a fun yeah. physics experiment, if nothing else. Well, I feel yeah, like this ride was designed by somebody who just like went to a factory and was like, you know. <laughs> this would work on our That'd ride. That'd be a great ride. <laughs> yeah, but there is also the human error aspect to it. If you accidentally mess up the skipping. Yes, and Ooh. that's exactly what everybody did. Because oh, the only way yeah. that you actually could skip was if you were seated like perfectly on the sled. If you were mm. seated too far forward, the, the front of the sled would nosedive into the water, which would throw you off head first. Into the oh, foot of water. Into God. the foot of water. So concussion, anything else, yeah. Or if you leaned too far back, the back of the, of the sled would impact with the water, throwing you backwards, smashing your head, you know, on the water the other way. Mm. It, was, it was great. Um, the other thing was even if you made it perfectly through... You were very, because they ran this ride so quickly, you were very likely to get taken out by somebody coming down the slide after you. Okay, like, actually, oh my I, God. Yeah. I feel like if that ride was, like, safely, I would want to go on that. Yeah, it does sound fun. It really does. But, like, yeah. this one does not sound safe. Well, uh, yeah. Not even a little. Safety isn't isn't what we're talking about here today. We're talking about fun. It's a safety or fun. There is no overlap. Yeah, it, it, there's no, yeah. You either get safety or you get fun. That's the, that's the Venn the diagram is just two separate circles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the next one that we want to talk about was a uh, another one of those enclosed slide loops. So the way that this one worked was you'd get into the enclosed slide at the top. You'd slide down and they told you, you know, cross your arms and cross your legs like you do. And then... As you reach near the end, you start to hear people screaming. Oh, no. And it's because you didn't end up in a pool at the bottom of it. You ended up 10 feet above the pool. Wait, what? The Wait, what? <laughs> so, 
So the last part of it was this giant fall into 17-foot spring-fed freezing cold water. Oh, okay. God. Lovely. Speaking of spring-fed frozen water, uh, we're going to talk about the Tarzan swing. So the Tarzan swing is like a rope swing, right? Taken to its illogical extreme. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. The rope swing, you'd have to get up on a platform to take off of it. Okay. And you'd grab onto a 20-foot-long cord, swing out over a pool. Fun so far. And Jeez. then let go. Oh, yeah. Well, see, as a kid, I feel like I would be 100. Right. It's, it's, yeah, it's a water. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a water swing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The problem is, oh. Um, oh is that people would let go on different parts of the uh, the swing aspect of it. So if you held on too long, you'd slam into the concrete on the far side. The oh. what now? What? Uh, <laughs> if you let go too early. <laughs> You would you could get tripped up on the platform itself and like go head first into the water. Oh jeez. Even if you just are awesome and you let go at the right time and you have a great time, once you hit that water, that is freezing, freezing cold water, even in the middle of the summer. It was so cold that lifeguards sometimes had to dive in and get people out because the cold would knock the wind out of them. Or stun them so much that they couldn't swim. Jeez. But you would think the water would be warmer because it's summer. And how do you keep it that cold? Well, it's spring-fed, so it's coming from underground. And it's 17 feet down. So the top layer would get warm by sunlight. But oh, okay. That but, but it was just constantly being through. fed cold water exactly. from beneath. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. I do have to say, like, a lot of these games, so I, I was born in the 80s, and as a child of the the late 80s, early 90s, this sounds like a lot of fun. Right? And I would have so begged my parents to go to exactly. this. I would have, like, been and, like, Mom, you're being so unreasonable. It's super fun. And, like, even now. All of my friends I, are doing it. And, like, even now, I feel like I would want to go on that. Right. But, like, No. <laughs> But even so, like, I, I feel like there's a part of me as a kid growing up in that time that was like, yeah, well, that happened to other people, but not right. me. I'm going to have fun. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh That's probably how it stayed open. Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> so let's talk about the kayak experience. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. okay. This sounds okay. So. <laughs> it sounds okay. It was a, it was a manufactured whitewater kayaking experience. Okay. <gasps> So you're going to be going down a steep hill in a kayak. Okay. And you're going to be going through water that is being churned up from below by underwater giant electric fans. Oh. Well, that's unsafe for the rocks, maybe? (laughs) I I just want you guys to remember, giant... Underwater electric fans. Electric. Oh boy, I feel like this okay. is going to take a turn. So, did they like ever lose a toe or something? We'll talk about it. Um, or this we'll could be unsafe. Was this was this like in water? The yes. electric fans. Yes, <laughs> under the water. Yes. If you're if you're going to do that, there are ways to do it completely safely. Okay. You can you can enclose the cabling and make it so that uh, there is never any interaction between electrical current and the water. That's I'm sorry, like, that wasn't like automatically done? Well, that's the standard thing that you would 
you would expect. Yes. Well, the did, fact that you have to point out that that's the standard thing you would expect makes me really concerned for what's happening. Did next. they do that? Did they like do that or? We'll get there. Oh God. Uh, the oh, next dear. one that we wanted to talk about was the Colorado River Ride. Okay. So kind of like the kayak experience, it's uh, but much longer. What it would be is basically a two-person raft ride and and you'd go down the side of the mountain it's beautifully wooded area you're going down in uh in riverbeds that are they look really pretty okay i do want to stress i've seen sounds lovely i've seen footage of people going down this and it looks really really nice you carried your raft up the hill you'd set the raft down you'd get on it and then you'd come down the side of the mountain and there were different pathways you could take. You'd get up a lot of speed. Sounds fun. And the problem is mm-hmm. <laughs> that um, if it's just you going down, totally fine. But it's not just you. It's you and the riders in back of you and the riders in front of you and the riders in back of them and the all the other people going down the same time. So what would commonly happen was a lot of collisions. And even even with like, these are like yellow inflatable rafts. Like think of like the standard 80s inflatable raft kind of thing. Fond memories. The problem is, is that this is not, you know, a, a natural riverbed. It just kind of looks like one. Mm-hmm. It's made out of, again, you know, cement and concrete and uh, things like that. Not lovely, soft river stones. Right. Or, or or river dirt or mud or things like that, because that would clog up the ride. Right. So what winds up happening is when you start getting impacted by the other riders, you start getting thrown into concrete walls. You start hitting heads with other people to the point where by the end of this ride's life, when safety regulations were actually installed, uh, people had to wear football helmets. To go oh down this. my god! Um, what? Yep. Because you would, <laughs> your, when your raft smashed into something, you'd go flying potentially. And I gotta say, I, when you say football helmets, I'm picturing literal football helmets, not like you know, no, like these biking are, helmets these are that are made for rafting. Helmets. Yeah, no, they like just yeah. like went to the the yes next door to like the the high school. So nearby. it was literally. Football yes. helmets? With face masks and everything. Oh, my God. Um, and the other problem is <laughs> that temp- uh, temperatures would run a little hot on these things. So people constantly bumping into each other, right. people not having a good day. You'd have fist fights breaking out. Hmm. You have lots of problems. Okay. Sorry, it's just it's the, the, the image of the football helmets has really thrown me. It's, it's... <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about probably the most famous other than the loop de loop. Uh, the most famous attraction on the mountain that hosted Action Park. This was an 820 meter long alpine slide. Oh! For those people sticking with Imperial, that is 2,700 feet long. Cut. You'd take a chairlift up. It's like half a mile. And you would sit on a small... Sled, I guess, is the best uh, descriptor of these things. They're they're basically these platforms that you sit on. Now you have a handbrake in the front, okay? And that handbrake, you push it 
forward to lift the brake up so you'd go faster. You'd pull it back to slow yourself down. See, now I've been on an alpine slide in my youth. And uh-huh. I all I the only like association I have with that is like missing the skin on my elbows when I'm done. Yes. I have a question about that. Like, how yeah. long do you think it would like take to go down the ride? Because depends on how much you pull on the brake. Child unit A just said it was like half a mile. So it, I know like running half a mile takes. It takes a little while, but you're going down, and you could go down very, very quickly if you didn't care at all about your safety. You pull on the brake, and it speeds you up and slows you down, basically. And Um, that's if the brake works. Oh, God. So (laughs) the problem is is that these these vehicles were not uh, made to last forever without regular maintenance. And regular maintenance costs money and requires attention. So what happens is these handbrakes would wear down over time and never be replaced or maintained. Oh, jeez. Keep in mind... This one's hitting me on a personal level. This one's real bad. Keep in mind (laughs) that you are going downhill and uh, the employees... uh, One of of the employees referred to the two speeds that you could go. Extremely slowly or death awaits. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, and, and just so, like, I'm not sure, like, if you were picturing this, you, child unit A and B, but, like, this is in a concrete, like, half circle thing. Yeah. So it's basically... I knew that. Concrete? Yeah. It's concrete. Yeah, it's a chute. So, Think like, of it like a slide made out of concrete. In, although, in this case, it's made out of concrete, fiberglass, and asbestos. <laughs> At any rate, what this means is that when you fall off of your sled, as you are going to... You are going to pick up, like you said, some serious abrasions. You're not going to get, like, skinned elbows. No, you're sliding down at the same speed without anything between you and the concrete. Yeah. (laughs) And fiberglass and asbestos. Yeah. Yeah, this one's this one's hurting. I can feel. I yeah, like see. I I've, I've fallen off an alpine slide. Would you like, say this one is the most dangerous one? Uh, well, this one is up up there as one of the most dangerous ones. Absolutely, this was probably the one that the most people got injured on. But most of the injuries would be like you're missing skin. Yes, having fallen off an alpine slide, it's basically like you are going super fast, and then all of a sudden there's nothing between you and the concrete, and you just sort of slide along yep. the concrete like so leaving you your a... skin behind you so you get a lot of not just skin knees but skinned everything skin well, everything oh, the wow. other problem was that this was not like a straight shoot this oh, was no. this had curves in it oh that sounds safe and the problem with curves when you're going at that speed <laughs> is that your sled will come off the track oh god <laughs> okay wait, wait what's outside of this are you gonna land on grass or well well, oh, you're, no. you're going to land on whatever happens to be on this hillside. Oh, God. What is it usually? You're going to land on grass. Okay. You're going to land on rocks. Oh, That's okay. You're yeah. going to maybe go flying hard enough to slam into another concrete wall. Okay. Um, Yeah, I feel like this place probably doesn't have expert landscaping. <laughs> no. In fact, um, state inspectors were supposed to inspect the site and remove rocks or, or uh-huh. order that rocks be removed, which never happened. Uh-huh. The, the site inspection never really happened. Okay. So these large rocks and stones would have been taken care of before the park was ever allowed to open. But So one of the things that they did was they would put hay bales at the curves oh, so that you'd slam into those when, you're, uh, when your sled 
came flying off the track. Okay, I'd prefer that. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just give you a statistic mm-hmm. because it's one of the few we do have from state records. Mm-hmm. In 1984 and 1985, during operation, just this one attraction was responsible for 14 fractured limbs and 26 serious head injuries. What? That doesn't count all Uh, the people who got scraped up or, you know, anything else. Like, that stuff doesn't get fully... Well, imagine the force you would have to be scraping in Mm -hmm. order to get a broken leg. Do you think everyone who went on that ride at least got hurt once? Well, probably some oh, people made I, it okay. It was sort of if, like a... If you went slowly, like if you were on the ones to ride the brake the whole way down, which probably honestly would have been me, but um, then you probably would have ended up okay. It it's was the ones also... that are like, wee, that it's not so much wee as a... Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the only attraction that was never actually open to the public because it was so unsafe. Oh. Oh. All right. So there's some standards here? Uh... <laughs> I think the only reason why this one didn't work out was because it happened to be viewed by a state inspector at the time it was uh, being tested. Okay. Okay. You have a ball, basically, that you get into and you put on a seatbelt and then the ball rolls downhill. So you're like in the ball? Yeah, you're in the ball. So it sounds like the kind of thing that like a kid might come up with on a Saturday afternoon. Like, hey, what if I got into a giant ball and rolled down a hill? I'm envisioning a lot of throwing up, but that's about it. Sure, sure. What they tried to do was make a track out of PVC piping to basically act as rails for this ball. So think of it like like bumper rails while you're bowling, okay? Gotcha. It'll keep you on the track. The only problem is that... um, these sort of parks are open in the summer and PVC piping expands in heat. Okay. So what winds up happening, this is during its first test with a human inside it. And thank goodness that a state inspector from New Jersey was actually present to watch this. The ball rolls down the hill, staying inside the track piping Mm -hmm. until the expanding of the PVC sort of created a little bit of a curve. Okay. The guy hits it and goes flying off of the track down the uh, ski slope right next to it. Oh, God. Is guy okay? Through the parking lot. <laughs> across the active highway. No. Oh, my God. It's like Looney Tunes level. Oh, my God. Only stopping. Okay? Only stopping when... It slammed into and got in and got stuck in the muddy swamp across the highway. Oh. <laughs> the guy survived. Okay. Thank oh, God. So before you before you continue, can you just explain this ball? Like, is this like a hard plastic ball? Is this like one of those inflatable balls that they have kind of nowadays? It's not like a hamster ball. No, it's like um, it's sort of like a big foam padding sphere. Gotcha. Okay. 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 Can you see okay. out of it? I don't know. I think there might have been a window in it. Okay. Okay. Because because I'm picturing like those inflatable balls that they do have at actually like um, yeah no it ski is not that in the summer it but... is not that no um this I I just I also was very skeptical that it would be something like that because you know that would be safe right <laughs> and also about twenty years of development too too early that's true uh, yes it wasn't until the late nineties that all of our furniture was inflatable so so until. Uh, <laughs> So the way that this story ends is that the state inspector looks at this, looks back at the people running the park, 
and just walked off without saying a word. <laughs> I they, hope this is where they shut down. They abandoned the idea. Okay. All right. So now we're going to talk about the third part of Action Park. Okay. Motor World. Okay. What I think of when I hear Motor World is like bumper cars or go-karts and yeah. antique car rides. Oh. That kind yeah, of that's, stuff. that's what I think of. Whiplash Canyon. So <laughs> this consisted of a couple of different attractions. Uh, the first of which was called Super Go-Karts. So Super Go-Karts mm. puts you in a go-kart. You drive around a small track. Okay. At a go-kart that could only really go about 20 miles an hour. Okay? Mm-hmm. 20 still can be still pretty fast, but... but you could only go 20. Okay. Because okay. these go-karts had governor devices, things inside them that would limit the ability of the engine to pick up more speed than you wanted it to. Mm-hmm. However, this is the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, these devices are very, very easily, easily overridden. Uh, <gasps> primarily done so by wedging tennis balls into them. And I'm so I'm wh- laughing so hard because I like I can picture four or five friends exactly yep. like I know they would do this. Oh, and we know exactly <laughs> who they are. Like, like I can pick out the, the five people from my childhood who are like, oh yeah, this is gonna be awesome. I'm pretty sure we still know some of them. Yeah. So. So here's the thing. By taking the governor device off of it, you wind up with people trying to play bumper cars at 50 miles an hour. Oh, my God. This does sound like it is Like I was saying, whiplash Super unsafe. Lots of head injuries. Plus, again, maintenance was not a thing. So the gas engines leaked. And you'd get drivers who would pass out from from fuming gas engines. Oh, jeez. Did the parents like this, too? Like, would they go on the ride, too? Oh, we'll explain where the parents were in a moment. Oh, my God. (laughs) uh, Please, there's no smoking on this ride. I know it's the 80s. It's the 80s. Please say nobody likes smoking. We don't want to limit your personal freedom. Let's talk about battle tanks. So, battle (sighs) tanks... Was uh, you'd pay you'd pay a little extra. You'd go inside this chain link arena, right? Okay. And you'd get inside of a tank, and the tank had a big gun on it that shot tennis balls. <gasps> and you were trying to shoot at these sensors on each tank, right? Oh, I've if been you, hit by a tennis ball. This is not great. This yeah, is like same. it's sort of it like playing like laser tag or or a Nerf war or something like that, where you've got a specific target. You're aiming your tennis balls at it, and you're trying to knock out the other tank. If the sensor gets hit, the tank shuts down for a couple seconds. Okay. And and then there are also cannons outside the fence that you can fire in to try to, like, take out the tank. Okay. Now, the problem okay. is, is that... Um, so I've seen this on water rides, but yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. very different. Okay. So it's basically you against the tank for this? No, 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 no. It's tanks against tanks, but other people could join in. To fire on other tanks. Okay. So in theory, this sounds really, really fun. In yeah. practice, it leads <laughs> to a lot of people getting pelted over and over again with tennis balls nope. because their tank can't move. Yeah. And no. when mm. the employees had to walk in to like restart a tank or write a tank that had been knocked over or oh, no. had crashed into something, of course the the well, no. Really? Uh, patrons would often intentionally <laughs> fire on, you know, these teenagers walking through the area. Oh, um, this all sort of culminated when one visitor poured lighter fluid on the tennis balls. What? 
See, you know what? I'm the only one who didn't say what because this was the 80s. Yep. <laughs> and lit it on fire before shooting it out of his tank. Now, this did cause the uh, the the visitor to be ejected from the park. I would okay, hope so. I hope so. Now, working at this area was uh was something of a punishment for the employees I would because think so. you were going to get beaten up by tennis balls all day. So if you if you melt off to the wrong person or showed up late too many times, you'd get put on uh on battle tank duty. <laughs> Let's talk about the super speedboats. Mm. So, oh same basic principle as the go-karts, all right? Mm. They it's a pond right where you get a a speedboat that is, you know, like one of those little yellow shell boats basically. Yeah. And you just right. drive around for a little while. Now, the problem here is that instead of these being manufactured for use in amusement park boats, these were the shells of those boats with actual, like, speedboat engines put on them. What? So, like, a full Evinrude motor put on the back of one of these shells. So you're going about 40 miles an hour. Oh, and Lordy. let me guess, more people turned it into bumper cars. Absolutely. Oh, um, big surprise. Not only that. I'm shocked. I'm totally shocked. Not only that, but this this little area, if you got hit, You'd, you'd get knocked out of your boat. And this water was saturated with motor oil, Ugh. saturated with leaked gasoline, Ugh. very dirty and muddy, Ugh. and um, filled with water snakes. <laughs> what? Uh, wait, what? So the real problem here, water of snakes? course, is that you might get hit by somebody else's engine if you get knocked into the water. And people did need to be rescued from it, you know, every now and again. Okay, what, what kind of water snakes are we talking about? Are we talking like water moccasins? No, 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 no. We're okay. just talking about the, the, the biting kind, not the poisonous not kind. Not the poisonous kind. Yeah, well, yeah. Still. Well, still, biting is not good. Still biting. <laughs> Getting bit by a snake at an amusement park is not uh, what anybody signed up for. No, certainly not. So there were a lot of designs at Action Park that were really pioneering. There were some really, really cool ideas behind a lot of these rides. The problem was, was that they were not built by engineers or people with an understanding of physics. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and that just ramped up the safety problems. So... Oh my gosh! I, I, you know what? You, no, a, I feel there was a time, several years ago, where you would draw a lot of different action, like cool amusement parks with crazy things going on. Do you remember? Yeah, this, this? would be like yeah. if they just took those drawings and were I just, just like, "No, this seems it. good." Yeah, like that. That's what it feels like. It feels like they they took like an eight year old, seven year old kind of <laughs> like drawing of this would be a really cool amusement park, and uh -huh. we're like, "Let's do it." One of the things that. Uh, definitely contributed to a lot of the problems here was that they sold alcohol. Oh! So, if you can imagine the, the, the dangers of this park <laughs> magnified by being done either while inebriated or the guy behind you is drunk off his head. Oh my gosh. So many things would be uh, would be a problem. I have to ask at this point. So you've described numerous rides that are horrifying. Mm -hmm. Just horrifying. That's mm -hmm. all I can say. And I don't know how big this park is. Like, what is... I'm trying to figure out, like, is this... 
This park was huge. Like, okay, so like, there were rides that were probably, possibly reasonable, but like then there was a handful that were awful, or is it just like the majority? I feel like the majority of them were battle scar stories. Okay. You, okay, you but, wouldn't necessarily yeah. get grievously injured. But you definitely walk out of Action Park at the end of the day, banged up, bruised, and maybe missing some skin. And then you've got, like, the additional ones where you, yeah. like, have a tooth to the face at 9Gs. Yeah, stuff like and that. And also, like, I feel like at, <laughs> at parks like these, where there's, like, just no good rides. You're missing this. You're missing the point of this. All of these are good rides. <laughs> Because all of these are things nope. that you would think would be fun. Let's talk about the thing that's supposed that's probably supposed to be the safest one on there. Okay. okay. Oh, God. The wave pool. Skeptical. Oh no. A oh, wave pool. What did they do to the wave pool? They did nothing to the wave pool. They Chill. didn't uh, limit the number of people in the wave pool, I bet. That would be it. So a wave pool is very, very basically water that generally will only come up in its deepest part to your waist. Right. Um, and then they will generate these waves that will sweep through. And, uh, and you get sort of the experience of being just slightly offshore at the beach without, you know, either a riptide sweeping you out to sea or rocks under your feet or anything like that. They're generally pretty laid back environments okay the action park wave pool was 30 meters wide by 76 meters long okay standing okay. shoulder to shoulder a thousand people could fit in it at a time oh my now these waves could get as high as a meter in height <laughs> so at their peak yeah so the problem is, as you're going down towards where the waves generate, the water is getting deeper and you may not be aware of it. You would have 12 lifeguards on duty at all times. 4,000 people? And on weekends, okay. when it's high traffic, right. as many as 30 people a day would have to be rescued. Now keep in mind, if you're a lifeguard at a lake or a summer camp or right. a beach, you might have to rescue one or two people either the in the entire the season <laughs> or maybe even if it's a safe enough place over the course of your entire career. That is, yeah, that's, yeah that's I think I goal. rescued one person. The once. goal is to never have to rescue people, just to know that you can if you need to. So the problem is, is that uh, among the crush of people, you could uh, <laughs> lose sight of someone slipping under the water very quickly. And here is where we're going to get to the first death in the wave pool oh, no. that oh, we're going to talk about. Oh, jeez. Um, just people getting sucked under and held under because they can't get back up because the crush of people above, above them is too, too many. A 15-year-old boy... Uh, went under the waves in 1982 and drowned because he could not get his feet back under him and the people around him... Didn't notice? Couldn't... couldn't either didn't notice or couldn't see him well enough. Oh my god. So we're going to get into the uh, into the fatalities here. And like we said, there there were six people who who died at Action Park. Not counting the number of injuries here. One death at a place where you're just there to have fun is too many. Uh, and the first 
was one of the worst. We won't be using any uh, names of people because we want to protect their, their still living family and everything else. Yeah. But uh, a 19 year old was going down the Alpine slide. And as we talked about, when you hit a curve in that, it was very common for the sled to come out from under you and you to skid face first down the track or in his case, get sent flying off the track oh. where his head struck oh. a rock and oh uh, he died eight days later in hospital having never regained consciousness. And was this the kind of place where if somebody got killed like that, they shut down the Alpine slide or did it just keep going? It's really, really hard to um, to know. I I would like to think that they at least like shut down operation while the ambulance was there. Oh, Let me put it to you guys this way. Um, Action Park actually bought the township that they were in. They actually bought them two ambulances because during its time of operation, the town did not have enough ambulance or medical staff to successfully like treat all the people being injured there. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. So, uh, what compounds this and makes it worse uh, for this this 19-year-old kid who was killed was that the owner of the park uh, lied about it and stated that he was an employee. What? Now, the reason he did that is because if an employee is killed by accident, it doesn't need to be reported to the state. Yeah. And the kid was not an employee. Uh, so after that, in 1982 was when the 15-year-old boy uh, drowned in the tidal wave pool. In August of 1982, uh, this was the death that occurred on the kayak experience. So remember when we were talking about the kayak experience, giant underwater fans that oh, yes. uh, are moving along water. Well, <clears throat> his kayak got knocked over. He stepped out to right it, and his foot came in contact with live wiring Jeez. underwater. Other people nearby were also injured by this sudden burst of electricity, and he died later of uh, cardiac arrest because the, the shock was strong enough to stop his heart. Now, the park stated that uh, because no burns were found on his body, he couldn't have possibly died of electrocution. It must have been a natural heart attack. Uh -huh. However, right. unfortunate enough to have to know this, but... Uh, water-based electrocution generally will not leave external burns. The ride was closed, and uh, the exposed wiring uh, was located and fixed. However, the problem is, is that the fan was properly installed, mm -hmm. and no violations of the safety laws or amusement park regulations had occurred. Uh. It was just a very unfortunate accident, according to the Labor Department of the state of New Jersey. The uh, park never reopened the ride um, okay. because okay. people, for many reasons, would be afraid of it. Good. Yeah, yeah. I generally don't want to get electrocuted to when death. I yeah to <laughs> death when yeah. I'm on vacations. So. Yeah. So uh, the fourth death. Uh, happened at the Tarzan swing. So okay. remember, that's the one where you swing out over the pool, you drop into it, and it's extremely cold. Freezing cold. And um, a yeah. fatal heart attack was wow. suffered by somebody dropping into that cold water. Um, Did the cold water induce the heart attack? Yeah. Oof. And then the uh. final two deaths occur in 1984 and 1987. Okay. A 20-year-old and an 18-year-old both drowned in the tidal wave pool. 
Oh, gosh. So of the six deaths, the what you would think would be the safest one, stand up to your waist in water, uh, was responsible for half of them. What? And they were all so young. And very young. Yeah, most of... And let's talk about I young. don't know about the heart attack guy, but like... Yeah. I assume... I mean, the rest of them were... Probably... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They were like less um, than 20. So speaking of youth, part of the contribution to why these... Uh, why the park's safety was not great was not only the orders coming down from the top of let's just build stuff that's fun, who cares about safety, and yeah, we've totally got insurance. Uh, It was also staffed nearly entirely with kids uh, from the ages of 14 through 19. Uh, A 21-year-old was in charge of security operations. Uh, The safety rules that were posted, for legal reasons, were basically ignored by the staff and the uh, people visiting. And it led to this culture of, you're going to have fun here. Uh, You might get hurt, but you're going to have fun. And uh, I I do like this one quote. Uh, One of the people interviewed in the Class Action Park um, documentary stated, quote, In a world filled with no, Action Park was a land of yes, end quote. Meaning if you wanted to do something, you could do it. Uh Uh-huh. Go for it. And accidents were very, were usually, uh, the employees would say it was the fault of the riders. People who would take Action Park to court also would run into a very gross but uh, legal tactic. Basically, if anyone tried to sue Action Park, the owner of the park would refuse to settle and force them through all court proceedings meaning they were piling up court fees and he had deeper pockets than they did. So a number of people that did attempt to sue went bankrupt due to court costs and him keeping them in court long enough. Uh, And very, very, very few legal challenges ever really worked out until the end. Okay. So I I like the, I like the end in in regards to the story. So the, The 1980s and the early 90s, lack of corporate oversight and such, was finally swept away and all of the chickens came home to roost at once, basically. A number of wrongful death suits, a number of wrongful injury suits, all of them came to sharp focus. And the chief financial officer behind all of the loans that that Action Park was surviving on wound up going to jail for massive financial fraud, so the money dried up. Okay. They filed for bankruptcy and went out of business in 1996. A number of parks have been opened on the site using very few or none of the the, uh, previous uh, rides and attractions. Good. And the uh, park has since been... Uh, reopened as Mountain Creek Water Park with a massive overhaul that has uh, taken out basically everything that uh, was in Action Park and replaced it with, you know, rides that won't cripple you. Yeah, that'd be nice. So I think an interesting aspect of this as well is the legacy of it. This place was really viewed as a rite of passage for kids growing up at the time in North Jersey, Central Jersey, New York City, 
Lower Connecticut. It was a place where people growing up in that region would go and you would have battle scars and you would have stories. And the kids that grew up in that area are, you know, it's sort of filed under that, well, it was a different time, Mm -hmm. but none of them really seem to have these huge regrets about going. It seemed like it was this crazy wild thing that they all went through together and survived. Yeah. And it's a it's a fantastic mark of adulthood here. I want to read read you one quote uh, from Matthew Callan. Quote, Action Park made adults of a generation of tri-state area kids who strolled through its blood-stained gates by teaching us the truth about life. It is not safe. You will get hurt a lot and you'll ride all the way home burned beyond belief. End quote. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yippee! <laughs> and that's it. That's the story of the opening, the injuries, the insane rides, the deaths, and the final closure of Action Park. Wow. Woof. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that actually, that story was very interesting because I... I go to a lot of amusement parks and yeah. I like the mall. We try to do that as a family. Yeah, we yeah, to... and well, I we like pick them. safe ones. Yeah, yeah, and I like a lot of them. Yeah, I don't think there was one that I didn't like. Um, but this one just I would never go to. This seems like, terrifying in... to me. Yeah, even like... as a kid in the '80s, I think I'd yeah. be scared to go on these things. Like standing at the top of the Alpine Slide thing, I'd be like, "No, I'm done. I'm not doing this." But like, um, I still would have wanted to but, try. Like, action... <laughs> Action Park, like, not knowing anything about it. Yeah. The name sounds cool, and, like, looking at the rides, they, yeah. they like, they look, they would probably look cool <sighs> and, like, seem cool, but now that, like, I feel like you should know all about it if you want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there should be giant disclaimers on the gate. Well, you have probably, to sign a waiver just to get in. One. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, no probably kidding. what happened is that, like, I mean, this was back in a time when, like, there wasn't, like, internet or internet reviews or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Like, the only thing you'd probably have for information about it is that your friend went yeah. and was like, it's so cool. Look at this giant scar I got. Oh, yeah. Oh, Absolutely. I know. Yeah. I, Absolutely. That not in, in, yeah. The 80s, man. <laughs> the 80s, man. <laughs> uh, it was just a different time. So you didn't have, you, you didn't have the opportunity to, like, look something up and learn more about it. It just was, was what there. it was. It was yeah. just there. And whatever you heard about it you kind of had to go with it. And there was a certain, like, it's weird because there was a certain laissez-faire attitude that parents could take. There's a certain permissiveness of the 80s where nowadays I feel like the parents who grew up in the 80s are kind of like, dude, I know that's dangerous because that's something I did when I was a kid. Please don't do that. I don't want to see you get hurt like I got hurt. Hey. Whereas, (laughs) Whereas, like kids who were kids in the 80s had parents who were like look i'm just go have fun i don't you know i i'm gonna go i don't know smoke here's a ten dollar bill here's a 20 here's a 20 here's a 20 go get yourself something nice all right although we gave you slightly exaggerated credentials at the top of the show we do fact check our stories in an effort to give you the best disaster experience possible if you'd like to read more about our sources, a more complete bibliography is available to sh- in our show notes. If we got anything wrong, please let us know. You can do that by emailing us at relative.disasters at gmail.com, or if you'd like to share some insights we missed or just shame us publicly. And you know you do. Why not use our Instagram, at relative.disasters. 
Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Relative Disasters. We hope you've enjoyed the story and the discussion, and please join us next time for another strange, dangerous, and interesting event from history. Uh, my sister will be back next week, and she has chosen our next disaster. What's it going to be, lovely wife? Uh, next week's episode is a Valentine's Day slash Chinese New Year special, The Australian Rabbit Problem. Ooh. Oh, we're going to talk rabbit-proof fence. Okay, that sounds amazing, and I'm looking very forward to talking about it with Ella.